0: It's a brand new episode of the kick out. Listen back to our Clash at the Castle predictions, which is available on um, on the podcast app and on YouTube. And uh I think the team predicted most of the things wrong. If I'm right. <laughs> Probably we got some stuff, right? But today's episode is a review on Clash at the Castle, and we're gonna do a review on all out AEW, and we're gonna talk about all the biggest and hottest. News that's all wrestling, and you know, we got a lot to talk about today. I go by the name of Ryan Skillet.
1: My name is Max, my name is Scan.
0: We do not have Tay, we do not have Ace today, but I've got my boys here to talk about everything wrestling. Before we start, how are you, Scan? Deuce, we haven't heard from you for a little while. How you been? How was your show at Jazz Cafe? That looked amazing.
1: Yeah, man, we did a, um, a massive um, UK hip-hop stacked lineup. It was a fundraiser for the Brixton Soup Kitchen, in memory of the UK hip-hop legend, the one and only T.Y. Um, we managed to stop by um, Skillet World on the promo tour, which was a lot that, of fun, that, that you know. Awesome. Um, so definitely an honour and a privilege to finally get to come on your radio show. As mm-hmm. well as the, the wrestling podcast, you know. And you'll be back
0: no? You'll be back, you, you be back with the rest of the team. We need the team yeah, back, man. you
1: know. So definitely mm-hmm. a lot of fun, man. But yeah, just been um just been sitting back soaking in all this, what probably about 10, 12, 15 hours of wrestling this weekend. It was actually a bit insane, man. <laughs> all right,
0: well, I mean, had anybody here, I mean, Max, how are you? Sorry, bro. How are you, my brother? WrestleMania UK, we were um, together
2: in Yeah, man, a great experience. Um came home. Um I didn't even I didn't even come home. I um got into my parents' house, literally crashed there for an hour, gone hours sleep, and then headed straight out with what we um put together on the wrestling's channel, a watch along for all out. So we watched all out live all four hours of it or whatever into uh-huh. the night and um just as we thought we were done and going home. The media scrum started. We switched on and started watching that madness. Um, so, yeah, we'll it, it was a long, long weekend. But, um, yeah, fun times. A lot of stuff to yeah. talk about.
0: This is not product placement. Today's episode is sponsored by KFC and Pepsi. Okay, it's product placement. <laughs> you know, is KFC here. Yeah. Um, okay, did anybody watch, before we talk about Clash, before we talk about AEW All Out, did anybody watch NXT 2.0's World Collide? I only watched the first two matches.
1: Um, I dipped in. I dipped in. Um, fortunately, it didn't clash time wise. It was like during the afternoon, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I saw, I saw, I, the only match I missed actually was the Ricochet match.
0: I saw Ricochet versus um, Carmelo Hayes, and it was a brilliant, brilliant back and forth match. I recommend anybody that likes that style of wrestling, the whole RBD, Jerry Lynn style of wrestling, that's my favorite stuff, mm-hmm. um, to go back and watch Carmelo Hayes versus. Ricochet, brilliant match. I saw that match. But I saw the tag team match with the Creed brothers. Um was it Beauty and Deadly? What it they called? Deadly and
2: um, Pretty Deadly. Pretty,
0: pretty deadly. deadly. Um, what's the name of those the, the, the guys that drink at the bar all the time?
2: Um Henson or Jensen and Brick. Josh Briggs. yeah, yeah,
0: Jensen and Briggs. And, and Galls is in the match. This was a Galli. really good match. I was quite surprised by the winners. I didn't think Pretty Deadly would win. Mm. But they did. But I didn't see the rest of the cards. I'm still going to catch up with that later on tonight after this recording. But is it worth me yeah. watching, guys?
2: I'm exactly where you are. Um, I li- As you said it, I just I just literally turned to my, my tablet here and I thought, I never finished watching that, did I? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly where you are. That's how much I've watched as well.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, then. That means we've got another reason to do another pod later on in the week. And we'll talk about Worlds Collide. Um, let's start with Clash at the castle. Next, you and I had the honor and the privilege to be there at Cardiff. Sorry, Scan, we couldn't bring you, my brother. We'll try and do that. We'll try and get the whole team involved at WrestleMania. We have to get the whole kick out going in Hollywood. That's what we have to do. That's the next day. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we traveled down to Cardiff. We got the coach at 6 p.m. at King's Cross, which I thought would be a really, really long drive, but it didn't really feel that long. It was three hours, but it flew by uh, big up to my guerrilla position brothers who's in the culture bus, James D. Lowe, Ash Rose, my boy Tom Fordy, his son Buster. Big up Alex McCarthy uh, from what's, what's, what's his news outlet now?
2: Mail, Daily Mail.
0: Oh, he's Daily Mail now. Mm-hmm. Big up my bro Alex McCarthy for sharing the culture bus And there was other people that was in the culture bus. big up them. We got to Cardiff. Obviously, it was a Thursday night. Uh, did we do anything on that Thursday night? Did we go out?
2: We prepped the interviews and That's then we, we went out to NO64, like a retro gaming bar.
1: That's
0: right. We are going to play some retro games, went back to the hotel after they had a bit of an early night, woke up early Did the press kids. Now, the interviews, I really wanted to be a part of this episode, but unfortunately, we haven't got those sent back to us by my editor yeah. yet. Uh, as soon as he does, we'll do it on the next episode, which will probably be talking about World Collide or whatever. The next episode, we'll definitely have the interviews. You were able to interview the likes of Seamus, Bianca Belair, uh, uh, Damien Priest. And you also interviewed um, Gunfer and, and Ludwig. Ludwig. Yeah. Ace took care of Drew McIntyre. I did. Ace did Drew McIntyre. And I think he also did Bianca Belair. I think he did. Yeah. And I think he did Street Profits. I did Street Profits as well. I also did uh, Finn Balor, which obviously wasn't recorded. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a technical issue. Uh, me and Phil had a good laugh as well, which is a shame. That's my boy. And then we—I also interviewed uh, Liv Morgan, and I think—am I missing somebody else?
2: I think, I think that's it. it. Damien Priest, I done. If I don't yeah. know if you mentioned Damien Priest. I
0: wanted—I wanted Mex to have his to, have to do all the. Interview. I wanted Mex to do most of the interviews, and he did a great job. Mex smashed it, bro. You were brilliant, brother. Thank
2: like,
0: you. Absolutely brilliant. Like there was a there was a part Mex reminded me of me when I first started doing it, and it's, <laughs> you don't scan you when you get to do yours, which will happen. You understand, like there's questions that you're really prepped for, and then for some reason, it will slip out your head, bro. It will just come out your brain, you don't remember what you're going to ask them. And like, Max you, you did really well, you you you, 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 you know, on your feet, and you thought some new questions. and You can see that the genuine love and respect they had for you, man, because you're, you're a fan, you know, man, you know your stuff. So, pick up your so, stuff.
1: How, so, how do they decide what um wrestlers you interview? Um, is there so just well, certain they, ones available, or
0: so they what they do is they put Press all around. There was a loads of press. it Max? There was like how many press? Hundred.
2: Yeah. Was, the 30, I said for the first time, this was the most they've ever, ever had, and I think there was hundred and forty of us. Different yeah. Artists. Wow.
0: And they have us like in a circle, and they we're like, have one wrestler go to the other end of the circle, and another person, and this end of the circle, and they will just like rotate round, and they will stop and talk to each person. Each person has about three minutes, so they say. Some people stretch it twenty-five. <laughs> like it just. Some people just you know stretch it for as long as they can. But yeah, we play respectfully by the rules and we do three minutes and That's how we keep getting invited back. Nice. Uh, uh, did you make, did you do a Ripley or did Ace do a Ripley?
2: None of us did. We ran out of time. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, she did. yeah. they started taking her away.
0: Um, <laughs> okay, let's talk about, and then yeah, so we did all that. And then we uh, went and walked around Cardiff, Wales, we, it was a cast tour we were supposed to do, but we didn't do that. We are supposed to go to this basketball charity game. We didn't do that. <laughs> we ended up going to uh, uh, Ariel Hawali. What's his name? Ariel Hawali? Yeah. BT, BT Sport. Sport. He did like a live podcast show that we were attending to uh, with Drew McIntyre and Bailey. And it was really nice. It was good. You know, they really drove home the love and feel that Drew's going to win the big one. Uh, Elo did a really big, powerful speech about Drew not getting his moment at WrestleMania because of the COVID, and now this, he deserves to win it in front of his live crowd. And he got everybody pumped. If you look at the streets of Cardiff, it all scandals. It was Clash of the Castle everywhere. Banners, left, right, stand, wrestling band. Even the bars were so smart to improvise. They had like little stand, um, the, you know those figure stands of like wrestlers. The Rock, and he's like, "Oh, you wanna smell what the Rock is cooking? Coming to this restaurant." And it was, it was such a. The Cardiff did really well promoting this listening thing event.
2: Bars, <laughs> bars were playing um, theme music. Mm. Wow. Risa's bars were playing
0: music. theme songs. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I was saying to Ace. I said to Ace, "Man, we should have. Cause we, we were actually talking to WWE about maybe doing like a karaoke night at one of the bars, like the Kick-Out Presents." Carry, wrestling karaoke, but it just didn't happen for whatever reason, and i regret it now because I think we could have made some money, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. but um, I didn't but
1: what, was it, what was the um, what was the vibe like, man? Did it was it very similar to like the WrestleManias that you went to?
0: Like, like, yes and no. It's not in the same vibe in terms of the the volume of it, but it was you know it still had a good wrestling vibe. It still had a lot of excitement. It had a lot of people looking forward to it. But the, unfortunately, with WrestleMania, people people plan to come to Mania like three, four, like two days, three days before the event. So you always have a lot of stuff onto so the streets of crazy filled with all these wrestling wrestling fans way before the event starts. Where I felt like a lot of people decided to calm down on the Saturday. Does that make sense? There was a lot of people on the Fridays and whatnot, but most of the fans literally came on the Saturday and then probably literally went back
2: home. But like WrestleMania, like you said, people take advantage of it being a whole holiday take a whole week and go and then there's other companies doing stuff there like a lot of the other stuff that i did see that was happening in and around cardiff was post clash they've done it on like a sunday so obviously more time people have been like all right i've seen what i came to see i'm gone um so really and truly to make and take advantage they should have put it before or in the week leading up to clash let clash be the the main event so to speak and then everyone can go home so yeah, they'll live and learn, and um, you will get better.
0: Um, but yeah, Friday night we went out for a bit. I think that's we went. We tried to do. We went. No, we tried to go to another bar, but this wasn't really popping. And we went to bed early on the Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday, um, we woke up. We had breakfast. We didn't really go anywhere. I think we went to that, watch. You you well, we recorded a out. podcast. Yeah. We did, kick out. We did predictions in the hotel. Shout out to Ash! Shout out to Scott Future for joining us. Big up, Future. And, right. uh, and then, and then we went to Cart. We went to Clash.
1: Yeah. Man, so did you manage to like bump into any wrestlers when you was around, like at the bars and that at night?
2: On Thursday, with the night we got there, we saw Dawkins. Yeah, we saw Dawkins.
0: Dawkins was doing like a bit of hot thing with, with some people.
2: Um, apparently and then, Dom and Theory were out on the town that night as well yeah, together, they, but we didn't they, see well. that. Um, we didn't see
0: them, but we, yeah, I saw pictures of Dom and Theory out on a lash getting drunk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, the, off, the they, night, the after Clash, we yeah. saw Ludwig and um, Giovanni um, Vinci, Yeah. um, doing road. Um, yeah, I think that was mainly the ones we saw ourselves and stuff. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what was it
1: like when you when you guys got to the the, the stadium, man? Was it like
0: next? I let you answer this
2: one, man.
1: Pandemonium. What
2: what was it like? You know what? They always say British fans are the best, and I'm I'm forced to agree. Like our chants are the best, the energy is <laughs> the best. Like um, it yeah, it was it was. We we found difficulty in finding where we were supposed to sit. That wasn't very um. It wasn't signaled very well. Nor did the the staff really know um let you kept sending us in circles. But once we were in there, the place was electric, the chants were mad. Um, you know, the English fans, he turned anything into a song. Like it I felt like I was at a football game as opposed to like wrestling. Um yeah, it, it was really, really good atmosphere. They done well.
0: The stadium was beautiful, the the way the the way everything looked and design was incredible. It was such like you walk and you just being awe you know, when you see entrances live, when they waited waiting for their showcasing, even the staff that was working at the event had to stop and stare. Like I, I kept looking at, like, a whole row. There was like a whole row of staff members wearing white shirts just watching the show, like, what the hell is this? All <laughs> blown, they were all blown away. It was brilliant. They, mm-hmm. did, they did a really good job. Let's talk about Clash in the Castle, how it starts off. Um, there was a... Uh, there was a kickoff match between Madcap Mars Street Pro- and Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Scandus, did you get to see this?
1: Um, I, caught a, I caught a bit of it, like highlights of this one, man. Um, to me, it's, it, it, it looked like the standard like raw is War match, you know, um, just really to warm up the audience with some big spots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's what I kind of took from it, man. Yeah. What was um, the live experience like?
0: Yeah, it was good, man. Like street profits are stars, man. They're they, like the crowd erupted for them. They, just, they had their hands in the palm. They had the fans in the palm of their hands. Um, and it was fun. It was a fun match. It was a nice spot where I think uh, the competitors were fighting outside, and there, and then, and somebody was on somebody's shoulders. I believe. Am I right about that, Max?
2: Yeah, I think it was some type of like. Rendition of Doomsday Device or something that happened. Um,
0: jumped off and did the blockbuster, yeah, 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 which was great. It was a great spot. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was only six minutes. It was like a fun back and forth match. And Madcap was and Street Pump picked up the win.
1: Was there a lot of shushing?
0: There was quite a few shush-, people- <laughs> yeah. shush, please. People were booing them. Um, people were booing, um, uh, Alpha Academy. And Fairy got a really heated, Fairy's got a lot of heat. Like, His, yeah. The way they were reacted to is like, it's an like angry heat. <laughs> so he's, he's doing a good job as a heel. Yeah. But um. But yeah, it was a nice fun opening. And let's, let's talk about the first match, which is Damage Control, Bayley Dakota Kai and Io, Shir- Io Sky, I should say, versus Bianca Belair Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Uh, Max, what did you think of this match?
2: Good match. Good outing for the women. Nothing, um, you know, overly over the top took place. Um. I think obviously the damage control have now been formed. They've got a name now. Um, they they had to get the win. They lost in the tag team final the other day on, on Raw um, the week before. So yeah, they were they will set to win here. Bailey pinned Bianca Belair, um, which was surprising at the time, but you know, from those that watched Raw now, you can see where they're kind of taking it. Um just using it to kind of play mind games with Bianca, like uh, Bayley come out and said that she doesn't want like a title shot when she wants a title, she'll come and take it. And they're going to try and tap into, you know, does that bother Bianca that now this person's got a winner over her sort of thing, And um, which is good because Bianca's character
1: needs something more, I would say. So,
2: yeah, yeah. but it was a good match on the, on the night.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, that was like the real unpredictable ending, man. And I think she'd not been pinned for like nearly a year, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that.
0: So, so yeah, Bianca picked up the pin, uh, which you know was a surprising ending, but I guess a good ending because it was Bailey that pinned, her, like you said, Max that will continue the program between those two. Bianca will probably put Bailey away. Um, all right, um, let's talk about it, man. IC title match, arguably the best match of the card, gone for with a returning Imperium. So, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, Giovanni Vinci joins back the Imperium. Max and I marked out when we saw that. We went nuts. Here's the way the camera... Because I don't think we could see Giovanni from where we were sitting.
2: No he he, was... Yeah, he was standing there the entire time. Yeah. Um, him and Gunther were standing there the entire time. But just obviously how they show it on TV or on the big screen. Um Yeah, they zoomed in on Ludwig and then once he said that, you know, this guy's back. They zoomed out and we saw him. I was like, yeah, mad Imperium. Ludwig did
0: up. a great promo. He got a great promo yeah, yeah, the introduction. Just and you know
2: what? I
0: want I, I selfishly wanted the old gun for theme. But yeah, yeah. I'm in love with this new theme. This theme is badass, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. This this theme is badass, so I have no complaints. Um obviously him and Seamus, we all knew what this was gonna be. You know, Seamus came down with the brawling brutes, Ridge Holland and Butch. And uh, them two face off with of each other in the ring while you know the Brawling Brutes and Imperium fight each other. Pete Dun got a moonsault in, and you know there's all these Butch chants and Pete bruise Bruiserweight chants, and and then obviously when they get away, Sheamus and and uh, Sheamus and Gunther just absolutely battered each other. I think we all expected it, but uh, Scandus did this exceed your expectation?
1: Um, well, I don't know. if it, I think. It's definitely this, more than any other match, definitely reflected the Triple H era. You know, it definitely gave me, like, War Art, Ileana, Dragunov vibes. You know, very hard-hitting, like, like legitimately kicking each other in the face, all of that business. You know, um, yeah, man. I think, I hope they continue with the really, like, you know, stiff era of wrestling on the mainstream um, product. And, yeah. Overall, man, the way they put the match together was brilliant, man. The pacing, everything, just kind of just took you on a journey. But one thing I thought was interesting: did you think there'll be a lot more water chants?
0: No, I feel, I feel, I feel like people have just, you know, how the, the the
1: outrage
0: people had at first. I feel like anything WWE does, it was just like it just upsets anyone. Anyway. <laughs> I think they know deep down they made the right decision to change. I don't um, like. I said. I said to Ace. I said Walter should be given to a name. This <laughs> is what I'm gonna say next. It's really very crude and crass. What I'm gonna say, but if I was booking wrestling, I would give Walter a name to a gimmick. That's a man. That's a bit of a serial killer. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think.
2: <laughs> I think on the night as well, um, people were feeling really patriotic, um, and it's funny we say that because neither um drew or sheamus are actually english um yeah, yeah once was scotland Seamus sheamus is from ireland but yeah everyone was behind sheamus um it, it it was it was it was unfortunate he didn't win meltzer said that this is the best wwe match in recent history wow i don't know when he's counting from when he says recent history cuz he gave a five star match the, earlier this year to um cody and um Seth. Seth Rollins mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see by the end of this week When he rates this match What he's going to give it For those that care about Meltzer ratings But um, he said this is the best WWE match in recent history So um, that's that's high praise I guess
0: That's interesting hmm. Does he not watch NXT
2: or... <laughs> <laughs> Well he said WWE in it so Yeah I guess WWE I
0: guess. Maybe
2: he's talking about main roster exclusively
0: I feel like he was. I think Melissa will like this triple H error.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: So, um, Gunther picked up the win, he retained it. Uh, Sheamus stands up to a standard ovation with red chest. And you know, people really wanted Sheamus to win it because he would have become the ultimate Grand Slam champion. Um, mm. but I will ask you both Gunther retaining, is that the right decision? Yes or no?
2: 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that, that for a reign needs to be like, he needs to bring back prestige to that title, man. Yeah. And I think, um, I can't remember if one of you said they saw the title up close and wasn't impressed with the design or something like that. Um, I think Ash, man. Ash. Yeah yeah. Was, uh, oh. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I, yeah, I think Seamus should get it one day. It's like, it reminds me of when um, they were trying to get Chris Jericho's 10th Intercontinental title reign. Like, it was just like, he deserves it, but, you know, I don't think it's the right time yet. Yeah, maybe the time's not right. And I, I think
2: especially where we only have one world champion that is supposed to be across two brands, even though he doesn't really do that, it's important who the Intercontinental title you know, holder is and important who the US champion is as well because that is, those are the, the, now the de the facto top titles on Raw and SmackDown where we don't see the world champion. Um, post this weekend... Um, of Smackdown this Friday we probably ain't gonna see Roman Reigns for another two months or so so I heard, yeah I heard about this. yeah. so it's important that the person that is now carrying the, a singles title there which is Gunther, he feels somewhat like a world champion-ish I'm, I'm glad you said
0: that mm. okay, next up Liv Morgan retains her Smackdown Women's Championship against Shayna Baszler uh, Scandis, what did you think of this match?
1: I was surprised by the finish of this match. I ain't going to lie, you know. I thought the way Hunter was going to book Shayna, like, she was just going to obliterate her, like, in minutes. But, um, yeah, they gave you the full under underdog story and she pulled it out, man. She pulled it out of the bag. So, yeah, I was genuinely surprised. I don't think, to be honest, and this is a controversial statement, maybe, but I don't think Liv is, like, a good enough wrestler, man, to be top champion, to be mm. fair. Like, there's there's other people much more deserving you know she's over like young girls love her, but like ugh, not impressed man
0: next what do you think of that
2: i said this statement i said this like i'm not convinced that liv is i i mean i can give her props and she got better and what one thing liv morgan is is a trial she works very hard yeah. but um i i've always just wondered like apart from just being kind of like a cute girl like what what do the crowd see in her that i'm missing i don't i don't see it um I'm happy for her that she's champion. Um, however, they definitely need to start booking her strong, stronger. Obviously, she fluked her way past Ronda, had Shayna here. She beat Shayna, but I'm not, I'm not exactly convinced how Liv Morgan, you know, if I just told you like Liv Morgan beats Shayna Basler, you're like, how? Like you see what I mean. So I I don't know. We've got past it now. They put Shayna Basz in front of her. She's got past her. Let's let's give her some wins. Let's give her some real dominant, convincing champion esque stuff before we start building to you know like Survivor Series, which will be the next big pay per view in November
1: when her, a real challenge may come uh, come along. What
2: yeah,
0: you- I,
1: can't, I, I can't see her facing Bianca at Survivor Series. So I, it's, someone's probably going to take that title from her before then. What do you think?
0: You never know. It might yeah. be Liv Bianca. It might actually be. And that's probably what I don't know. Then maybe it's a no contest. This is where we see probably a formation of Shayna and Ronda together or whatever.
2: I don't know. That needs to happen.
0: Yeah, but I think so. I think that's probably what they need to do. Okay. So Liv retains the title. Um, after that, we had Edge and Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio against the Judgment Day. Ria Rip. In Balor, Damien Priest. And this was um Edge's entrance got a huge pop. Crowd was going nuts. Max and I were singing along to the theme song. <laughs> it was crazy. Um let's talk about this match, Max. What did you think of this match and what did you think of the ending?
2: It was really good. It was it was it was a really fun match. I know these guys have been tangling for months now, it feels um, but this was this was good and they progressed the story, you know, with the ending. It's like, okay, Edge um, had spared Dominic weeks ago. Dom's still not over it. Dom doesn't understand why this man that effectively put hands on him is his, is his dad's best friend. Um, and yeah, Dom kicked Edge in in the nuts. Um, <laughs> he got the Balenciaga stuck and his shoe come off and took off the other one, then went for his dad and the clothes lined his dad exactly how Eddie Guerrero clotheslined Rey Mysterio and turned on him um so yeah just really well done the crowd just couldn't believe it um that I think the Edge one everyone saw come in the Rey Mysterio one didn't see it come in um the one thing I'll say I like about it now is that it if I can if this was Vince yeah it would be literally how Edge came out on Raw and was like oh pretty much I want to I want to fight you Dom Ray Mysterio in a Vince era would have been like, yeah, like, I hate my son. I want to fight you too. But what we're seeing here is real story development. Like, Ray is very much conflicted as to, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to lay hands on you because you're, you're my son. But, you know, you're behaving like an idiot right now. So just little things that, you know, we're, we're building a story rather than just jumping to a conclusion, um, which is a good difference. But, yeah, on the night, this was a, this was a good match and a fun little twist at the end.
0: Scan, do you have confidence that they will be able to sustain this amount of storytelling between Ray and Dominic all the way up to WrestleMania and
1: Hollywood? Oh, that's that's the question, man. If with Triple H in charge, possibly, you know, <laughs> they've been, his it, storyline's been going on like, will Dom turn on his dad for like nearly two years, to be honest? um and just a quick thing max i didn't even re- i was i was trying to get my head around why did this guy take off his shoes i didn't realize sh- cuz the shoe got stuck with
2: the shoe she got stuck in between the legs yeah so he took <laughs> off the other one
1: <laughs> that was so random but um yeah i think we we needed something big for this event you know and at least we got storyline progression so you know hopefully they'll handle it properly man
0: i think they will i think I think, I don't know if this, if it's enough for him to turn on his dad at this moment. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I think it's, it's good that Dominic's a heel. I think it's great and it's great that he turned on his dad. But I feel that the, the reason behind it, I don't think it was enough for him to turn on his dad. I think it's, it's enough to turn on Edge because Edge spared him and there's always something there where he was teasing that he to Edge. I feel like they should have maybe had a little bit more before he turned on, on, on Ray. But if you're doing it on Cash at the Castle, if you want people to watch this event. Don't yeah. Talk about this event. It's a great place to do it. Um, do you think?
1: Do you think they could have um maybe dived in between into his um relationship with Rhea Ripley? Maybe he's infatuated with her, or something like that. I
0: think that's probably what they will do. I think they will do uh, a whole thing Rhea twist and turn his head and the whole of Judgment Day. Get obviously they said stuff on Raw that's very much brainwashing, you
2: know, very brainwash. I, I was I was saying <laughs> I was saying earlier today the fact that they they use this phrase like. Rhea turned um, him into a man. Yeah, I'm like saying that. That like, let's just if we've done role reversal and said <laughs> any man has made a girl into a woman, that's a very dangerous statement, like yeah, for you yeah. to be saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, personally, I d- I don't know if I want to see anything more. I just want to see him come into his own now, start cutting promos, start being his own guy. Do you guys think whenever he does face Rey Mysterio, let's say he wins? Should he like take the mask, or at least start donning a mask himself? Like, I would love that. Yeah, love that.
0: that'd be great. I think like what they need to do to make this storyline spread to mania is to have an incident when Judgment Day take out ray Mysterio. Yeah, he
2: yeah. That's off
0: he's off for a month, he comes back fight Royal Rumble as Judgment Day is dominating the Royal Rumble and ray eliminates all three of them. Um, yeah, I think he should be in the Royal Rumble as well because the China thing. No, put her in there and Ray should eliminate all three of them. Just Ray, I don't want to no know. Edge, just Ray, like, book Ray <laughs> strong. He's back, he's back he's angry. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna beat you, dumb. And then that, you know, and then maybe, maybe Judgment Day dump out Edge first, and then Ray Mysterio like enters on the next number. Yeah, Ooh. the only
0: way Ray will hit his son though, if Dom does something to the other family members, I think mean, that's the only way. That's how they should book it. The only way Ray will realistically want to do something to Dumb. Goes crazy, disrespects the mom, slaps his sister, or vice versa. Mm. They've got so much stuff they can do with this, so I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, Ray will give Dom his best match. Yeah, Ray's a master, and I'm sure he will book that match to perfection.
1: Yeah, they need to, man. They need to.
0: I mean, it's great for Dom that he's a heel. Dom needs this because, yeah, he's kind of of flagging a bit. Mm. All right, um, Scan we're talking about Seth freaking Rollins versus Matt Riddle. What do you think of Seth's entrance? What do you think of Matt Riddle in this match? And What do you think of this match
1: in, in its entirety? Do you know what, right? Um, do you think the show suffered from lack of pyro? Because I know when they try and compensate with that smoke thing.
2: Yeah, like for me, I was wondering, like this is a stadium show, like you lot doing Saudi, where's our big stage? Like where is our big ramp that we can all see from all angles of the um, arena? And where is our pyro? Yeah. Um, yeah that that annoyed me like i thought someone i think someone said that because the stadium was closed they had Mm -hmm. like a retractable roof because they closed it you couldn't have pyro but arenas that are smaller than that have pyro all the time that have closed roofs so yeah yeah, that was one thing in, in terms of the spectacle that's one thing i definitely felt like i think was missing from the experience
1: yeah. I think in terms of attire man I, I, I you know I might be unpopular with decision man um, opinion but um I think that's probably Seth's worst attire man. I don't know he's doing like an Elton John tribute the or something, Elton yeah. John thing, Yeah, the
0: Elton John tribute. And
1: he's usually on point. Like that I was like, "Nah, bro, that's a fail yeah. immediately." But um <laughs> <laughs> that aside man, the match was hard, bro. Um I think that that last promo that uh, was it from Raw where he, he told him about his wife and his kids like leaving yeah. oh, that that was the that's what it needed the feud needed that and yeah it just brought the heat man and um yeah it was a solid match you know but I still feel like they can take it up again I think that's what they're gonna try and do at Extreme Rules. So Seth won. Like, he
0: hasn't won a little, hasn't won in a while Max I think we both both said this uh, before the match that he needed this win
2: yeah
0: um, does he move on from Riddle now what's happening with Seth?
2: Extreme Rules is next month. So Riddle's going to probably get his win back um, by beating the hell out of him. So, um, yeah, after that, it might be done. But Yeah.
0: All right, let's talk about the main event. It's the match. Everybody wow, wants to already? see? Would this be Drew McIntyre's time? He won the WWE Championship back in WrestleMania in 2020. And now he's got another chance to beat uh, Roman Reigns for the title to become another uh, Undisputed Champion. Um it started off really well. A lot of people were predicting this before he came out that they were going to bring back the Broken Dreams theme song. They did it. Did a little montage of all of Drew McIntyre's accomplishments and him when he was younger coming to the game. It was a really well, nice video package with you know the song and me and Max were singing along to the song and it was brilliant, man. It was so awesome. The crowd was so hyped. The Drew McIntyre chants were through the roof. Everybody's excited for it. He came down with the sword. There was, he was the only one that got pyro. I mean, I think, <laughs> did we not get pyro for his? No. So just Drew. He drew just Drew. Didn't have pyro coming out the turnbuckles, but he had the sword. Um, crowd was red hot for Drew, and he was over like Rover. Reigns comes out, does his great entrance. Reigns was booed out the building. I think the only people that were cheering for Reigns is myself, Max, and maybe a few people from another role somewhere, and. Um, I remember when the, when the bell rang, th- this had that whole Hogan Rock feel, and the people were just cheering and going nuts. They so, oh, drew back entire charts. Everything was just crazy. Match started off a bit slow for me, I'm going to say. It It took a little while for me to kind of get into it. I was on my phone deleting stuff while the match was on, that shows you how engaged I was. Even though I love the crowd, I love the atmosphere. I was just a bit like, oh, okay, let me get rid of some stuff. But then it really started going. Um, it started getting really, really exciting. And. Um, I think there were a few spots, like a little back and forth spot between Drew and Roman Reigns really, that was really, really entertaining. And then in, when did it start getting really interesting? When I think it's when Drew knocked out Charles Robinson, right?
2: Yeah. So I think they, what did they do? They squashed him in a corner, basically. Or yeah.
0: Something. Who's uh, the one that said, oh, Charles Robinson's referee in this match. He's going to take a bomb. Who's the uh, one that said? Who was it's it? The James. I think it was James who, who might have
1: said it. Uh, maybe, or maybe Alex behind us. Yeah, I oh, think it was
0: Alex, it was Alex, it was Alex. It
1: was Alex, it was Alex. He, he must have been a stuntman in a past life, bro, because he's just perfected he that drop-out-the-ring drop out bump, bro. He loves yeah. it.
0: He loves it. So, Charles get bumps, um, and both men collide with each other, knock each other out. Austin Fury music hits, the crowd goes nuts. It looks like he's about to cash in. Obviously, ringside, we didn't mention earlier, Titus Fury was in ringside. Bret Hart was ringside for Sheamus and Drew's match. And my man that won the big lizard, what's his name again? The Jamaican fighter,
2: English. Um, Leon.
0: Leon was a UFC fighter was in um, attendance as well. So uh, Austin Ferry goes to cash in, and he gets knocked out by Tyson Fury. The crowd goes nuts. It's really looking like his Drew moment. Back and forth between Drew and Roman with the punches and the reversals the counter reversals and whatnot. Kickouts with Claymore kicks and spears and both men are kicking out of each other's finishes. Then it gets to a point where Drew gets the best of Roman, Claymore's him. It's looking like it's gonna be one, two, and the referee gets pulled out of the ring and he's a hooded man. And everyone's like, Who's this? And he took it, 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 well, it came up he the camera close up in his face before he takes up his hoodie. And it's uh it what's his name? So-
2: Solo Sokoa. Solo
0: Sokoa. Oh, wow. Sokoa, that's it. Solo Sokoa. Mips and I go he's screaming. Yes. <laughs> people are hating me and me and um uh drew tries to fight him he he hits drew on the rope. Reigns catch him with a spear one two three Rain, right decision scan
1: um yeah oh, man I, the thing is the the reign's getting stale man and I think but I think they've already they they know who they want to um to dethrone Roman. And I don't think it's true, man. So that that was a, uh, but for me it was going to be interesting how they was going to book around that. Um, I don't know if they did a good job though. That's the thing. But, um, what, who do you think they? Do
0: you know? Do you have an inkling who they think who do you think they want to be
1: from I I think it was I think it's Cody. If I'm honest, like yeah. like it's like his birthright to be the next champion, man. He's got this... Yeah. you know the. Yeah, man. And I think they want to stick it to AEW, man. That's that's kind of the thing for me.
0: And also, let's be real, man. Cody will sell that to the heavens. The way Cody is, the way he's on the mic, the way he can talk, the way he can get emotional, talking mm. about his history, talking about his dad, talking about, you are the map? Like, Cody is so good at promos that he can eloquently talk about Reigns and his ego and how much, and get the whole crowd behind him. as an Yeah. Under- Oh, Cody, you're right. Cody is the right guy. He will sell that to the moon. Um, yeah. Why don't you think it was a good ending, though? Because I, even though the whole stadium, front of myself, I met, was flat and distraught.
1: Yeah.
0: Next I was <laughs> um I felt that was brilliant. I felt this is what wrestling has been missing. Wrestling misses unpredictability. Wrestling came to a point where they keep giving people what they want, keep giving the fans what they want. My era of wrestling never had that. Your era of wrestling scan never had that. Nah. It wasn't a thing where they catered to what we want. They just booked a great story, and yeah. sometimes the heroes that you love don't win the big ones. Like the Razors never, never won the big ones, and they always mm. never won the big ones. And they were my guys, but yeah. you keep moving and you keep watching the story unfold, and then you, and it helps other talent get over. And yeah. I, I don't think they've done a thing like that since the Brock Lesnar beating the streak, yeah. which I also love.
1: Yeah. Um, but did I you think it was think that... a bit? Did you think it was a bit weird that like Tyson just shook both their hands? Like,
0: but why would Tyson get involved? But why would he get involved? He got involved in a way to stop Austin from messing up the match. I understood yeah. that. But why would he choose sides between Reigns and Drew? There was never been a there's never been a program where them two had any issues. I know there was like a little back and forth with Drew on the internet, and whatnot, but there wasn't really anything real. Like, I can understand there was a storyline with that, but it wasn't. So, yeah, why not? And he said that after afterwards, Drew, you've done yourself proud.
1: Yeah. What was what was the live reaction like to the singing though?
0: Well, Mets and I were called into a press conference, so we completely missed that. Oh, Thank God. God. Yeah, but James said it was dead. James, James D'Eloff from Globetrotters
2: said that was dead. Said that I, I'm, I'm to watch this main event, especially back. Um, yeah. I will cut it off straight after Roman pins Drew because I'm not trying <laughs> really? to see that at all. Um, just in terms of the decision, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I said that Drew should win for like business reasons. Like he's there every week. Britain let the champion be present. Romans just signed a new contract for surely for less dates than he was even doing. So that's why I thought Drew should win. I was content, I was happy with Drew winning. I like Drew. I celebrated the hell. Like, I'm trying to get a video now so I can show you a lot of me and Skillets um, celebrating. Um, but yeah. I because I like Roman. I love Roman, in fact. I've loved Roman since fourteen. Like it's 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 difficult because you would say Drew was the right decision, especially at the time, the occasion and everything. Um why they haven't uh-huh. done this, I, I don't know. I don't know where Drew goes from here. Well, probably carrying cross, but I don't know how long that lasts for. Like I'm not sure if it's the right decision at the time. I I enjoyed it. I loved it. But yeah, I don't really know if it's the if it was the right thing to do. Ooh, it's interesting, it's interesting to see how they address Roman
0: Reigns leaving for having an absence. Yeah, to see how they're gonna do it. Um, but
1: let me let me let me ask one question. It was a point I, I missed earlier because obviously you guys were in the stadium. Um, what did you guys make of the the Bailey chance and how she tried to handle it?
0: Loved it. Was it was amazing. It's great. She, she she still played like a heel. She acted like it never happened. She acted like she, There was parts you can see that she's obviously loving it, and smiling. But um, yeah, it's great. man. I'm glad that Bailey's still getting this response. I'm glad that the UK hasn't abandoned her. I'm glad that the UK is still treating her how they treated her back in NXT, where America just totally forgot about all of that and just following suit. But it's good. Big up Bailey, man. She's a legend, man. She deserves she deserves that kind of love, and I love it. And I love the fact that. You can go to different countries and get receptions like that, like forget the rules, man. Just people will love you. You know when Bret Hart was to get cheered in Canada, you know what I mean, and when he was a heel and like stuff like that. I love all that. So, Mm. um, what's I'm gonna say before we talk about AEW?
2: Rate, rate the pay per view. We're gonna
0: gonna rate it. Oh, so Solo Sikoa, next. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I feel like he's been brought in because. They want to extend the they, they want to extend the reign. No pun intended for reign, the long title reign that he's had, and obviously to refresh things, add new members to the bloodline, make it more exciting. Maybe now you can have a midcarder in the bloodline. Yeah. Would you want to see? Do you think Naomi return should be in the bloodline?
2: I wouldn't mind it. I, I definitely wouldn't mind it um, because I, I don't want her to return with Sasha. I don't. I don't need. I don't her think there. they
0: will. I don't think they're going to come back together. I, yeah, think, I think it's... Naomi will come back as a solo.
2: Both of them are above the, the tag team division. they were obviously done it to try and make something of it, and they never did, and that's the frustration as to why they left. But, um, yeah, Naomi being in there would be good, um, if, if even if they found a place for Tamina, because obviously we're looking at this possible match between Roman and Rock. So I think between now and WrestleMania, they need to really build this family Um
0: that's right make
2: make them something strong make the unit something strong like bring in the rock i think we were discussing this over the weekend bring in the rock and it's not even like when the rock first turns up there should be any animosity roman should embrace seeing the rock because they're like oh my god like this is that guy blah 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 blah. but ultimately i'm the guy so now you need to acknowledge me like the rest of these lot have and that's what's going to cause the the friction
0: this is what they should do like you said bring in tamina bring in naomi have this whole bloodline faction and it's all strong at first. but Roman's brain ego gets more higher and higher and he starts disrespecting people again, starts disrespecting bloodline again, disrespect Tamina. And that's when the rock's music hits and he goes, Whoa, 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 whoa,
2: whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: You think you can impress the rock? You know what I mean? Like, oh, it would be great. That's the only way you can bring the rock in. whoa, if he starts disrespecting and hurting the family I Yeah, I think,
2: I think it's a thing where either The Rock comes in and then he's all pally with everyone, blah, 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 until Roman wants to be acknowledged and then Rock says, I'm not doing that. Or it's the thing where they've built up the family and then The Rock, I'm sorry, Roman starts maybe disrespecting people in The Family a bit too much and it's almost like someone's picked up the phone to call The Rock, like, my man's moving hey. mad, like, we need to sort this out. Like,
0: Reigns leaves this, doesn't he? What do you mean, need this? No knock. And all the hard work he's done is brilliant. At the Rock program, it's still brilliant. It's still amazing work. It's still a great legacy. But in order to become, you want to put Reigns in the conversation with the greats, no pun intended. He needs this program with the great one. It will just elevate this reign, no pun intended again, to another level if The Rock gets involved. It's like Cena. Cena, always going to be seen as a legend, always going to do that. But he needed that match against The Rock to become a true great. And I think this is what Reigns needs. I think he needs this program with The Rock.
2: They tried it. They've tried. they they've used Cena with um, Roman on a couple of occasions now. And it's, it, it's worked somewhat. But I think, in terms of um, what would you call it? In terms of generations, C- Cena and Roman are too close. Like yeah. some people would argue now that Cena is still the guy, the top guy in WWE and he's, yeah. he's not even there. So yeah, someone as beloved as the, as the rock, someone that's now completely removed from wrestling to come back and to almost pass the mantle over to his cousin. Although once this match happens, R- Roman's gone, R- Roman's gone to Hollywood. He, he ain't around no more. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. But yeah, Ro- Roman definitely needs this program to just cement him and put a punctuation on this this entire gimmick, this entire um, evolution of his character.
1: Right. So what, once, um, obviously, booking far ahead now. Like when Roman does leave for Hollywood, who do you think should be the head of the table? Like, should it be one of the Usos or an blood- on it. I, I think
0: the Bloodline needs to be disbanded, man
2: without
0: range there's no bloodline
2: I'm just going to keep it real. it's facts and the one thing I'd like to see following that is at least like a a Jey Uso title run or something I think something like Jey Uso needs to take the mantle but it's not in the bloodline just within his own career like make the next step out because I think he's he's shown too much potential um, during this time to just remain doing tag team stuff forever
0: All right, that's right clash at the castle out of five scandals
1: let's go with you, i'm gonna go uh to me i'm gonna go with a a solid 4.5 man i thought this was it flew by you know maybe it's something about like not waking up till like 2 3 in the morning to watch a pay-per-view man I'd, you know it's just, <laughs> just chill, like you know um and i will like a little side note man on uh, we really big it up man but i guess you guys were live in the in the building man but it got big up the production team man because it was slick like camera angles were slick like the way it just went from segment to segment it was smooth man so definitely a solid 4.5 for me next um
2: yeah I'm, I'm i think i'm bordering somewhere between three and a half and a four. Uh, maybe i'll just give it a four um because of patriotism (laughs) but um it it was it was a good show i think it was just um we didn't get a lot of like title changes or we didn't really get much outside the show i mean one can argue if you missed clash of the castle do you really need to watch it back is there anything that really happened and developed so um yeah i'll I'll give it i'll probably be a bit more conservative and say four
1: It, it was good to to be there though uh, after a oh, I'm gonna give you a 4.5 as well. Yeah, quick question: What's the what would you say the um, pay per view experience? How does it differ watching it with and without commentary?
2: Yeah, I pr- I would prefer commentary, um, and that's why I want to watch back at least the main event. I want to watch back Gunther's match as well. Um, but yeah, I think nothing beats being there. I like can experience in it live. So, yeah. I'm so
0: used to that commentary now. It's it's fine. Yeah.
2: Before yeah. we crack on to AEW, I think I've got the clip of the the Roman oh, yeah. win. So, let me, I hope this works. Let's see. Sorry for the people that will listen to this audio. You're not going to see the actual reaction, but yeah.
0: Unless you go now. You... Oh!
1: Ace's faces, Ace right that was yeah. amazing. Bro. Full,
2: full vlog is out tomorrow on my channel. But, um, I can't wait, I yeah. can't
1: wait to see that, brother. I can't <laughs> wait to see that
0: video. It was a fun press conference afterwards, it was really good. Watch it back on the WWE YouTube channel. Ace asked a few questions. You'll see me and me, from Big Head there lurking in the, in, the, in the press box. But, um, it was it was good. It was a mixture between reality and. Kayfabe, you know, you had some of the wrestlers do some acting, but obviously, the wrestlers generally aren't answering the questions that the press asked. Um, Roman Reigns was in character, Seth Rollins was in character, but also was offended by one of the questions, so he kept it real as well. I'd say definitely watch it. Big up Tyson Fury, big up Triple H, big up Drew McIntyre, big up Liv Morgan, Seth Reigns, and
2: Gunther.
0: Let's talk about all out. Which was in Chicago. Uh, What was the main event of All Out last year?
2: The main event of All Out last year was Omega versus Christian. I want to say for the title. I think so. And that's when we had the debut of Daniel Bryan Ah, and the debut of Adam Cole. Oh wow! It's so
0: funny. We'll talk about all this. So yes, so last year All Out was one of the arguably on the best pay per views of all time, probably. AEW's biggest pay per view ever. Best, yeah. I think,
2: I think, in terms of um drawing and pay per view buys, um, Tony Khan said in the media scrum that this didn't do anywhere near what that all out done.
0: And Punk and um Darby Allen was on that all out match, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. things were all good just a year ago. Mm
1: -hmm. All
0: right, let's talk about um some of the pre. Uh, kickoff matches. Zero hours. The trip yeah. with zero hours. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Okay. Triple A mixed world tag team championship match with Tay Mello, Sammy Cabera versus Ortiz and Rube, Ruby Soho. I didn't get to see this. What do you guys think of this? I didn't get to see this. I saw a lot of people complaining about Sammy. Sammy
2: Guevara's Sam. Sammy. Well, that was one point in the match. They they started the match from an interview segment, which was kind of yeah. cool, kind of interesting. Um, they got beaten up on the outside for a bit. Um, the match is okay. I felt like we've seen this match on Rampage like maybe two weeks ago or so. Um, mm. Sammy Guevara. There was one point where I think he, Ruby mm. Soho was on his shoulders. She maybe done some type of pump kick or something, and he just dumped um Ruby Soho, and she literally landed on her neck like it was very bad he didn't i don't know i don't know what you're supposed to do i'm not a wrestler in it but i don't know if he went to like guide them down or drop them in a certain way help them rotate he literally just dumped her on her neck um so yeah that wasn't cool but this was a pretty standard match the the champions um retained so they retained their triple a mixed tag team championship um it's just this pre-show man just made this whole thing long two hour pre-show but, yeah Next
0: up, you the. Other uh, it it
1: definitely, it definitely felt like a two-hour pre-show for real, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- but again, I'll just reiterate, man. That intro to that match was 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 well done. I enjoyed that, man. Mm-hmm. But you could tell, like after that, that spot, like Ruby was just out of it. Like they botched the whole bag of things after that, like um, and I think she even got a nose broken at the end. Like yeah, I think they said that. Yeah, yeah they watched the tie KO, man. Her face was mangled. Like she was just holding her face. Blood was all over the canvas. Yeah, it was a mess, man.
0: AEW's seem uh, What's going on? Bro, it's all going tits up. Uh, Hawk versus Cool Hand Angelo Parker for the FTW Championship. I heard Action Bronson got involved in this.
2: Uh, yeah. So, Action Bronson was ringside, he's the, the artist behind Hook's um, theme song in it. So, yeah. um, he was ringside. I like, think <laughs> a lot of people, when he first when he first panned to him, everyone thought it was Bray Wyatt at first,
0: that is
2: just because the similarities in their look. There is, but um, yeah, it, the match didn't last long, like in none of Hook's matches last long. He locks in the red rum and he wins. Um, and then, yeah, Action Bronson came over the barrier afterwards when I think um, Angelo Parker's tag team partner came out, and um, yeah, he got some spots in so yeah
1: yeah i mean i know there's like a couple viral clips of like action brunson like slamming fans that try and run on stage during his performance so i thought he'd probably do a little homage of him like like power slamming somebody man but i don't know man it just didn't quite live up to the hype for me he's been he's been wrestling like training in wrestling for about maybe 18 months
2: two years now oh is it yeah yeah oh. he's actually been training so yeah, yeah he's probably.
1: Maybe. Trying to get his bad bunny on, <laughs> maybe.
0: Uh, AW All Atlantic Championship match, the bastard pack versus Kip Sabian. Was this match good? I, I didn't
2: think... Good match, but it's like, what's the meaning? Like, Kip Sabian has worn this box on his head for like a year now, trying to get over, oh, no. I guess, this new character. Just on the first outing, you lose. So it's like, eh, what's the all what's the point in all of this? And then after the match, Orange Cassidy seemingly was going to come out to challenge Pac. Didn't say much. Pac shut him down, just said no um, and walked to the back. So it's good to see Pac have these outings and stuff like that. But, yeah, everything around it is not that interesting. Yeah.
0: I didn't realise Tomohiro issue was part of this. Was he was he did he face off of
2: Kingston? Yeah, so um obviously Kingston just came back from a suspension um against for punching Sammy Guevara in the back, apparently. Um I faced him, yeah. Yeah, and you know when you when you when you get suspended, you get rewarded with a match on a pay-per-view. So he got he got a match against Ishii. Um I I don't know, I don't really feel like it was as brutal as it could have been. It, It was only the kickoff show after all. Um Ishii, as good as he is, the perennial loser, um, doesn't win big matches. So Kingston went over.
0: Um, I think I did see this match, the casino ladder match with the Ring of Honor World champion, Claudio Castanoli, versus the pure Ring of Honor pure champion, with a Utah, Penta, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade, Dante Martin, and someone to be confirmed. This match was cool. Back and forth, a lot of physicality, loads of spots, uh, typical ladder match stuff with AEW. One thing I did like was the ending. I liked uh, how Stokely Hathaway came in with his crew. Who is it? Who's the members of the crew? Because I know um, Big Cass is one of them.
2: W. Morrissey, Big Cass, Ethan Page, um, Lee Moriarty and The Gun Club. Not, um, bad,
0: not a bad selection of...
2: I think uh, they're jabronis, personally.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have somebody in, in the forefront, which I thought was the guy that, maybe, but maybe he might be with Stokely because they've got history, don't they? Anyway, Ooh. the guy that won the oh
2: oh yeah on the Indies, yeah yeah yeah.
0: So um, Stokely goes up, grabs the ladder, picks up the casino chip, and looks into it, and then a mystery man with a mask that looks very similar to the. Remember the wrestling secrets musician guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Looks a lot like that, but obviously it was like a devil thing. Cynthia of the Devil music played. He came down by um by was it Rolling Stones who made that song? Rolling yeah. Stones, yeah. Picked up, picked up the chip and then pretended to take up the mask, and he said, No, he walked in the back. So we'll find out who that was later on the show. Um then we have the AEW World Trios Championship Tournament Final. Which was uh, between the the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page and the Dark Order Alex Reynolds and John Silver. This was a wicked. This is this probably arguably uh, be the best match of the card.
2: Yeah,
0: I think. What do you think, Scan?
1: I think, man, that that Dark Order tandem of Reynolds and the, they they have these series of moves that they put together, which LS is sequences. Insane, bro. Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> But yeah, man, it was like your typical like Young Bucks kind of match, man, elite kind of match. You know, yes. you had to put on them big matches, man. And it's very emotionally driven as well. Yeah. You know, I think this is the um, final that they wanted. They just followed the script. You know, I think there's a reason why they waited so long for the trio t- tournament, because they wanted Kenny Omega in there. And yeah, it just went exactly as planned.
0: Yeah, they tore the house down, Kenny Omega make an announcement, told the cameraman, fucking come here. Come here! Don't come down the yard.
1: Come here.
0: Try and top that message to everybody in the AEW boys. Freshly a message, maybe to a couple main eventers of that same night. Oh, Definitely God. a message to the main eventer. Um, so that's a little little thing to kind of kind of set the tone of the night. That's 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 going to take place. Then we have the TBS Championship match: Jay Cargill versus um, Athena. Jay Cargill come out looking at She Hulk with the entrance. I love her theme song. I love the way she looked. She's great. She's always doing these innovative cosplay entrances, looking like a baddie. I need to take off my phone. And the girl keeps calling me. And um, I'll message you in a minute. And, uh, you know, this was like a back and forth. Um, I they looked good. Uh, Jade looked good. Back and forth match, quite short and sweet. Jay gets the win her undefeated streak rolls on. Um, let's talk about a six-tag six tag match between Woodlow... Woodlow,
2: FTR. FTR. We'll FTR. Take him, um, machine City. Oh, the, the,
0: the Motor City Machine, Motor guns. City machine,
2: guns. machine guns. and uh, machine the
0: original machine. Young Bucks. Ask, Bucks? Ask the Young Bucks. They will tell you they took their style from them. Big up the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm glad they've come back. And Jay Lethal, uh, TNA legends.
2: This match, I would have thought would be a bit better, though. I don't know what you guys thought. Match was, well, yeah, it was whack. Um, <laughs> they should have just split
0: know, my, it like... MacBook Charger, keep talking about
2: it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, what they should have done is have Motor City Machine Guns take on FTR and just a tag match, a showcase tag match, um, because they would have tore down the house, and then mm. you just give Wardlow another defense against Jay Lethal. like. Yeah. That's all it had to be. I don't know why they've just, you know, put all these people that have nothing to do with each other um in one match. Um, like it is it's just very lazy. One, two, I don't know why they're putting another trios match on a card where you're deciding trios champions. Like, just leave it out. Like, you don't book these guys well into places to for them to warrant being on a pay-per-view it's not just because you have a pay-per-view coming up, you have to try to fit everyone on it. And yeah. I think that's exactly what they did here. Um, and for many fans, I think many people wanted to see the visual of Wardlow powerbombing Satnam Singh. That's okay. why they, they wanted it in the first place. Yeah. And after the whole programme they've been having over weeks and weeks and weeks, and even got to pay-per-view, Satnam Singh still hasn't been powerbombed by Wardlow. So yeah. why are we doing this?
1: Yeah. And, and if I'm honest with you, man, when people look back at this pay-per-view, they're going to point to this match as something that summarizes everything wrong with the whole pay-per-view. Um, you know, I, the match didn't need to happen, really. It was probably the most sports entertainment thing on the whole like show. Um, like his daughter coming out, then Samoa Joe coming back, <laughs> and his daughter getting a bigger pop than Samoa Joe. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, you know,
0: I, did, I did like the aspect of the door with the eight year old girl. Thing. I know what you mean. Yeah,
1: I I don't mind
2: it. I just feel like the match was just like, oh, come on, give it a rest. We don't we don't need this. Like, it was a very long card. They, they don't have a lot of pay-per-views. Yes, we know. But, like, it doesn't mean that when you have one now, you have to fit everybody on the card. If they don't warrant being on the pay-per-view, then, you know, don't don't put them there.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think the key thing, and maybe I was going to mention this a bit later, but it was the fact that, Clash at the castle literally had six matches, less than half the matches on this mm. pay-per-view, and still banged it out. It was like it, it just felt like AEW was trying too hard, man. And they're trying to, he's trying to appease too many wrestlers, like your roster's too big, and it was like, yeah, let me try and squeeze everybody on. And it, it didn't quite work. Mm. Uh,
0: next up, we had the absolute Ricky Stark with the Powerhouse Hubs you
2: guys think of this one? I think it was good. Will Hobbs won in quick fashion. It wasn't quite a squash, but he won in quick fashion and it's believable. If, you're, you've, got, you've, if you've got a mate next to you that don't watch wrestling and you see these two men fighting, you would expect Will Hobbs to make short work of of Starks. So he did. It, it won't be the end. Um, they'll they'll continue. I think they need to involve the TNT Championship in their, in their feud, like Wardlow's doing basically nothing with that title. So maybe Hobbs beats Wardlow and then eventually down the line, we get Starks versus Hobbs and Starks can get his win back that way rather than the traditional way of these two just keep having matches until,
1: you know, someone someone wins or someone dies. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, man, it reminded me a lot of the Jade Cargill, Athena match. You know, like you spent months building a story like to just dash it in like a five minute match. You know, it was like, what's the point you know we get invested as fans to want to see some sort of like emotional and again even probably in a christian match the same thing again you know it's just what's the point of building all these stories for a little couple minute match so but
2: you yeah. know what the problem the problem is because they then realize we've got too many matches on this card so the i, I mean i agree with your point in regards to jade and athena jade athena came in at the last pay-per-view double or nothing and has been warring with jade since the day she came in literally she she debuted in after jade's match at double or nothing and this is the first match that these lot have had and then she lost in like i think it was six minutes or something like that but i think
0: um, i think it's important to have jade cargill matches short
2: no it, you're right you're right but after how many months of build four or five months of build for this one match like, it wasn't really competitive. They could have just done this elsewhere if they didn't want to give it time. And then with Will Hobbs and Starks, they only broke up, like, maybe about three, four weeks ago. So, and like I said, Will Hobbs just looks massive compared to Starks. So, I don't mind that being a squash. The one, is Christian the next match? Christian Jungle Boy? I believe so. Oh, okay, we just discussed. No, that. Not, it's
0: not. It's, um, it's
2: not. Uh, yeah, we we'll just discuss it now. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, with that match, obviously, Luchasaurus came out and callassed, uh my man, collapsed Jungle Boy, and then Fair it way. was very, yeah, it was very simple, just pin him, and that's what Christian did. And to me, that's fine because that cements that you know, jung- um Luchasaurus is now a heel for anyone that had doubts. He's now a heel. He's on Christian's side, and that that extends the story in a different way rather than a long match. Um, but at the same time, it just looks like. Yeah, we there's too many matches here. We just need to, you know, make one very short, super short, and um, you know, move on to whatever's next. So,
1: it's just and to me, to me, that made Jungle Boy a little whack, man. It's like you've been with Destroyers from day one, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's literally what it took for him to turn heel on you, just like that, at the entrance. You know, it's just it's mad. I, I I I thought it was I thought it
2: was okay. I thought it made sense. Um, I just didn't think this needed to come to the pay-per-view. This could have happened elsewhere. And then when you're ready to actually bring Christian and Jungle Boy to a pay-per-view, give them, you know, a, a long 20-25-minute 20, match because they'll put on a good match. They just didn't need to have this segment. I can't even hardly call it a match. It was a squash. They didn't just need to have this segment on the pay-per-view, they should have just had it elsewhere. Uh Swerve in our glories. Swerve Strickland
0: and Keith Lee versus uh the acclaimed. What do you guys think of this? Great um, reception. Great reception for the acclaimed, right?
2: Every, every everybody loves the acclaimed, innit? Um I think I think if not for the trios championship match, this was match of the night. Um they put on a really good match. The Chicago crowd almost basically turned on Swerve and and um, yeah um, yeah, weren't happy at the end when they won weren't happy when they done their little scissoring at the end either (laughs) like they booed it Um, but the match itself was very very good and um, at first I was thinking that oh why didn't the acclaimed win I want the acclaimed to win but I, I do think after thinking about it today that we we do this too much as wrestling fans someone just becomes you know the the hot topic of the month and then we want everything. They want them to have everything and then we get bored of them and then we want the next people. So I don't mind Keith Lee and Swerve um, holding on to it after further evaluation.
1: Yeah, this match, like if you looked at the card, this match had no business being like literally almost the match of the night. It was like, how? You know, but the story they told like that's that me Daddy is so over. I genuinely, no word of a lie, contemplated buying the t shirt, bro. <laughs> like, it's just it, you know, it's they're, they're killing it, they're killing it, man. Um, some people said they should have called it audible and let them win the titles. I don't know, it it would have made it feel pay per view worthy, I feel, but um, yeah, man, that match was sick, bro. I ain't gonna lie, I mean, it, they, they, really they the lined up.
0: Claim us our future stars in AEW. Let's see how this goes, man. Tony Storm versus Brit Breaker versus <sighs> Jamie Hater and Hiraki Shida.
2: Um, um a good match again. The obvious happened in terms of Tony Storm winning. I think the bonus from this particular match was the fact that we saw the tensions between um Jamie Hater and um. Brit Baker who obviously you know faction mates so Jamie Hater went to win the match went to do a pin and then Britt Baker pulled out the referee and then I think there was something else as well where maybe one of them attacked the other or something I can't remember but um yeah it it's it's good because at least we've furthered that story um Tony Storm I guess she's the one of the best wrestlers female wrestlers about right now I just don't know how they're going to make her run
1: very interesting in this woman's division that they don't care about
2: yeah.
1: yeah, that's very true, really and, that, and that Jamie Hater storyline's been going on for time. I swear it's about a year that that's been dragging on for.
2: They kind of started it at one point, and then she fell in line and just started listening to Brit. And now, obviously, like you're saying, it, it's kind of going to start up again. But yeah, Jamie Hater's next up. I always thought it would be a long shot for them to give her the win here, but I think that would have been a really b- ballsy move, but they opted not to. So, yeah, we'll see where it goes.
0: Jericho versus Brian, uh, Brian
2: Danielson. what do you guys think? Some people say that this is the worst match they've seen Danielson part of, which I don't know. I thought was harsh. I thought Jericho was very good um, cosplaying as, you know, Lionheart um, Jericho from all them years ago, giving us all the greatest hits and stuff. Um, he did cheat to win, which is what upset Daniel Garcia, who... You know, he wanted Jericho to win as his mentor, but he wanted him to not beat um, Danielson by cheating, and he did cheat to win. So, um, yeah, I guess Daniel Garcia still has a decision to make as to whose side he's on. But, yeah, I thought this was a okay match. I did feel it was a bit weird to see Danielson lose, though.
0: Yeah, why is Jericho being
2: Danielson? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's for the sake of the story for him to show that he's the... What's he calling himself? the Superior sports entertainer, wrestler, or whatever. I don't know. Um, the story's the story's good. Um, it's just, like I said, it's just very weird to see Danielson lose,
1: but yeah, Dan, are
0: you happy with this, this storyline?
1: Um it makes sense, um, to be honest. It's been a bit predictable, you know, the direction and where things are going. To me, it just sounds, it looks like Jericho's on his farewell tour, man. So he's just pulling out everything right now. Um, but yeah, I think creatively, to me, it probably made more sense for Danielson to win that, man. And you know, but um, ah, it, was, it was all right. It wasn't that great in the in the in the overall card. It was it was all right.
0: Darby Allens, Sting, and Miro defeats the House of Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black. Is this faction ever going to get over what is happening here? I you thought know Malachi what? Black was threatening to leave and they're still making him lose?
2: So, yeah, apparently he wanted to, well, they said he wanted to leave. It was down to like mental health stuff, this to the, any the other. Um, so hopefully he gets any help he needs. But again, another match that just didn't need to be on the card. Um, the, the other team, Miro, Sting, and Derby won. Um, and then post the match, I don't think we saw it on TV, but it's come out since that Malachi Black on the ramp. He bowed to the fans, he clapped to the fans, he blew kisses to the fans. So this is probably him off TV, at least. Uh, they probably won't release him. He's probably still got another four years on his contract. So releasing him would be mad, but they'd probably give him some extended period
1: off TV to sort out whatever he's going through. So big yeah, up he, t- he took the pin as well, man. That's the thing. Yeah. But I think, I think the booking of House of Black has just been a shambles that, like, you know, it had so much potential when it started and it's like, they've lost all their mystique. I don't even know what they're doing, man. I, and it's funny because at one point I was putting them well above judgment day, man. But now it's kind of like the balance has kind of shifted.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Judgment I, day are better than them
1: now. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, so I don't know if House of Black is done. I don't know. Mm. Right. Bro, I don't know, man. They, did, I just, they they could have done so much with that.
0: I just didn't seem like they didn't know what to do. So. Well, I hope, my, I hope Malachi Black's okay. Wish you all good mental health and go. What you got to do, do what you got to do. Go see your misses and yep. take care of yourself. And hopefully, you be back in AEW or maybe back as Aleister Black. You know that would be good. Um, let's talk about the main event, Max. I need a WrestleManiac rundown of this main event match from start to finish and a surprise and a uh, return at the end
2: at the end um right so this was the the AEW undisputed championship match Moxley walks in as the undisputed champion CM Punk walks into Chicago with nothing challenging for the title that he he lost two weeks ago in that squash match um Mox and Punk, very smart. They, they they basically tried to do emulate what happened in that three-minute match two weeks ago in this, you know, the first three minutes of this match by Punk basically giving all the greatest hits, hit a GTS, looked like he was going to finish early. Mox kicked out. Um, so, yeah, the match continued. It, it was pretty competitive compared to obviously what happened um, two weeks ago. The, the fans were booing Mox. And obviously chanting for for punk. Um punk drew blood. Mox didn't, which was surprising because he's the, the the blood merchant. But um yeah, punk was bleeding, everything. And eventually we saw punk hit the GTS again later on down the line. I think he kicked out of a, a Death Rider or a Paradigm Shift, whatever he calls it. And um then we saw him hit a GTS and put away Moxley. So of course, CM Punk becomes world champion in Chicago. Crowd is going mad. He's celebrating. He's got his title round round his shoulder. And then the feed cuts out, goes to black. And then we hear a voice, a voicemail play. And it's Tony Khan um saying to whomsoever on the phone, which we obviously later find out is MJF um that you know you need to come back i'm not i'm not you know giving you any more time of day basically you need to come back at latest all out um i will i think he said something like he'll write a blank check like he'll give you whatever you want and we'll cut a deal um but this is what you need to come back by and um yeah the the joker that won the casino um chip earlier on um reveals himself to be MGF and that's obviously the deal that he cut with Tony Khan so that he can go in there mess up everything and walk out with the, the chip he then walked out um, onto the entranceway out of the tunnel onto the entranceway um, and yeah pretty much had a had a stare down with CM Punk from there um, obviously we now know he is next up to um, challenge Punk for, for the world title um great pop by
0: the way, MJ. I think got a
2: great yeah, pop. great it's pop. Amazing pop. Um, yes, I fun. thought the voicemail was genius. Think mm-hmm. I I was saying after the casino battle or casino ladder match, it doesn't make sense for a man to come out, literally ruin everything with all of his um goons and climb up there and take the thing and like Tony Khan doesn't show his face. It must mean that Tony Khan is in on it. I, I said this or sort of live on the watch along like and then I'm so happy to see by the end of the show that we had that voicemail which confirmed that yes Tony Khan is in on it um, and these are the small things that I think AEW pay attention to which really is like it's good it's thorough storytelling because stuff like this would happen in WWE like remember when Brock Lesnar just ran out and collapsed Ali and took the money in the bank and it made no sense it makes no sense (laughs) like why how how did he get there who allowed this so I'm happy they kind of told that story um that it showed that yeah Tony Khan did know about this he was in on it almost and um I thought it would it would be good you know leading up to the weeks of this actual title match any conflict that we may see now on screen Tony Khan doesn't want to be an on-screen character but I thought it'd be good to kind of make CM Punk be like hey how did this guy get this opportunity, or other people kind of you know approaching Tony Khan and threatening him saying this isn't fair, blah blah blah? Not knowing obviously then what happened in the media scrum, Tony Khan's probably going to have bigger fish to fry than just being an on screen character in AEW now. But, um, yeah, that's how the show ended, went off air. We now know that MJF is the, the next guy to challenge Punk um, for that world title.
0: Uh, Scan, do you think Punk was a bit upset that Chicago had made had, gave MJF a, a huge reception on his return, especially after everything he tried to do getting a bigger contract, a better contract for himself? Maybe Punk probably thinks that he doesn't deserve a hero's welcoming because he's been trying to
1: play his own well. No, Boy, I, I think cool, he, he he pandered to Chicago so much, man. The ring attire, everything, you know. Um, I am Chicago, you know, all of that business, man. So obviously, he's going to be a bit like feel a bit burnt by that. But and I think when they go to Arthur Ash, is it in Jersey, um, Mex? Um, that's, it's in uh, New
2: York. I know that much. So close so enough to home for so that's kind of like MJF.
1: MJF's home state, homes, home yeah. territory, in it so he's probably going to lose the strap to him there Amen. but um yeah man i obviously we saw that energy took it with him to the the, the press junket after <laughs> after the pay-per-view but um oh, you know man it is what it is man obviously people miss mjf man he's 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 a bit of a legend in AEW and he's an AEW original he's
0: so, a star. So... he is a top star all right before we talk about the media scrum which is all you will be waiting for. We'll be ranking all out out of five. Next.
2: Three, three out of five. Um, yeah. Good wrestling, but it's just too long of a show. Too much stuff didn't need to be on it. Um, and it just didn't produce any real bangers until that last segment where it's like, okay, I, was, I even said it again on the watch along, like that last segment. Now I feel like I'm watching an AEW show. Um, yeah. but beyond that, it was, it felt like just a long dynamite. So, yeah. yeah, three out of five. Yeah, I
1: think, I think, um, again, I'm gonna go with a three out of five. I think AW are victims to the standard that they've set for themselves with their pay per views, with their weekly product. And when you've set a bar so high, inevitably, it's it, it happened with NXT takeovers, you know, it's like. <sighs> sometimes you're just not going to be able to pull it out of the bag. And it to me, it felt like when a rapper puts out an album and they know the album's going to flop, but I'm just going to call all the guest artists in, you know, I'm going to put about 20 tracks on it. And I, it threw everything at it. And it just, it, you know what I mean? WWE put on a better show with six matches. So there you go. You know, so, and, and you can tell Tony is upset about the buy rates and he's blaming everybody. So, um... You know, it, it's to me, it's under-delivered, man.
0: Yeah, i say three out of five for myself as well. Um, some good matches, some stuff I wasn't really invested in. Uh, nice return at the end, which is lovely to see. But uh, ultimately, what everybody
1: is talking about is the media scrum. Oh, me I've got That's a muffin.
0: That was
1: the real main event. I'm using a muffin. It's time <laughs> to talk about Namibia
2: Squad, take it away, Max. So CM Punk came out first. <laughs> um, and I don't know when, From even when I was watching it live, it kind of just went from their intro, intro credits to CM Punk just talking. And people have been thinking, what was the first question? Like you just started the feed from here. There was actually no first question. <laughs> like Tony Khan and CM Punk sat down, and Tony Khan, I think, opened the floor to, to questions, and CM Punk just started talking. So he just wanted to get off his chest all this Coke Cabana stuff because no one asked him nothing about Colt Cabana. Um, said what he said about Coke Cabana, that he's been disassociated. Well, well sure he saw...
0: Uh, no. Technically, he knew what he was doing because he asked a question to a, a man that works in media that has done stuff with mm-hmm. Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, do you do a lot of improv? And he was like, "Yeah, he's like, yeah, who did you do it with?" He's like, "Scott Colton." He's, he "Ah, Scott Colton. Are you, are you friends with Scott Colton?" He's like, "No, not anymore." "Oh, you're not friends with Scott Colton?" "No, not anymore." "Oh, that's interesting because that makes that makes two of us." And then he went on and ran about Scott Colton. Yeah. But he picked, but he picked somebody that he knew did stuff with Scott Colton, so he could talk about it. But, yeah.
2: So yeah, he just um, went on and said, "I'm not friends with this guy. This that and the other." Obviously, told the you know brief history of their past and where they've fallen out and um, that he never got um, Colt Cabana sacked as yeah, per did, the rumours. We
0: about where he works. don't care what he eats. I have a with him since 2014.
2: Yeah, all the rumours he addressed and obviously said that it's the EVPs in Omega and the box that would have put out that that story or spread that rumour, whatever the case is. Um, just effing and blinding about Colt Cabana, the EVPs hangman page saying that you know he went into business for himself um started talking about things that's going on in the back and um yeah th- this was just a, a rant oh, he'll answer people's questions that he'll even go back to the court cabana um, after <laughs> he was saying um he went on to mjf and talked about um mjfs and it, i think it was very interesting obviously tony khan's body language during all of this and then even i think one of the questions was like MJF got a louder pop than you and stuff like that. Um, then he just, you know, denounced his his CEO right next to him and just saying, you know, yeah, I don't know why he would book um, MJF to make a return in Chicago on the night where I've just become champion. And, and it's like, hold on. Do you realize the man you're talking about is sitting right there? Like, and, you know, Tony. And also it was a
0: great moment. It was a great moment.
2: Yeah, 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 of course. It
0: was, a great um, move. it was a great move by Tony Khan to do that. That
2: was good. But it's just, you know, you've you've called out your 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 managers in your EVPs. <laughs> you've called out the CEO that's sitting right next to you. You're talking about other stuff. He said in terms of the the other, you know, the he made a comparison between like being the elder statesman, Terry Funk, and the other guy, younger guys not wanting to learn from him that um he said, "I'm tired of working with these with these pricks. Yeah. Um, that um, he doesn't want to work with all these these young wrestlers. Children don't listen, their children. children yeah. um, it, it, it was madness, and it's like this is still going on. His 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 interview segment was maybe about 20 minutes or so. This is still going on. You lot could have cut the feed. You lot could have uploaded your media scrum with without CM Punk's interview, but you've left it all there. All now, it's all still online. Everything is there." You haven't done nothing. Your your CEO is sitting right next to him and looks perplexed by the whole thing, begging seeing Punk for one of his drinks on his way out. I just, what is going on here? Who's who's in charge here? Like You're promoting Millie's, Millie's muffins in Chicago, bro. So, like I was saying, I I I haven't even got to the part where I'm trying to decipher everything Punk said and just you know was he was he right? Is he right? Who's right in the situation? Did the EVPs spread rumors? This isn't what you do. Like, you are the top star of this company. You are the most paid. You pull in all of the merch. Is that why you think you could sit here and be so disrespectful? Like, he's he's turning into everything he used to complain about. Like, I say turning into. This has probably been him for, for a while. Like, this this is just, it's not company man behavior, like, by any means. It's not professional behavior by any means. Um, I personally think they need to strip him of his title, and either give him a long ass suspension, like maybe three to six months, or strip him of his title and just get rid of him. I know he'll be a, that's, I know it would be massive money lost for them.
0: That's, that's not a smart business.
2: Man. I know. I He's I hundred percent know that. But listen. Head. T.K. T.K. is everyone is watching him right now, and they're thinking right. Apparently, there's AEW um, wrestlers thinking that they don't understand how how this guy is still here now. Like Punk is still here. So I get it,
0: and I get it, and I get he was a bit rude and he was a bit disrespectful.
2: A
1: bit,
0: just a bit. I get. Are you Punk's I, lawyer, by the way? Uh, no, because okay. I feel like if you want to talk about the reality of the situation, Adam Adam Page was as disrespectful for what he did on an unplanned schedule on Punk didn't do this on live air by the way he didn't do this on a live pay-per-view show where people were paying the money he aired his grievances at a press conference where he should be allowed to speak about it. press conferences are designed for people to talk about their feelings A k kayfabe about...
2: press conference
0: it's not a kayfabe press conference it's a press conference the press junkie it's a press conference so if Punk wants to use that time to talk about his grievances he's allowed to same way if he went to a football match afterwards and they asked al Wenger or what was the bigger, Arteta how do you feel about the win against, the loss against Man United? And he felt like something was, wasn't right about the decision with the offside. If he wants to switch about that, he has a right to. It's, that's what press conferences are for. They are there for people to talk about their grievances. Now, I do feel, Punk, you are right, in, in elements of Punk was a bit rude to Tony Khan and he spoke over him and his stuff. And he, he did. No, I agree. I'm, I'm saying you're right about that. No, you yeah. said
2: a bit, a bit rude. No, I'm still going to say a
0: bit. And obviously, the, and, and obviously the whole thing about being childish and saying, oh, why did you book MJF on the?" That's stupid. Because that, to me, that was a smart business move by Tony Khan. If Punk can't see that, that's his ego. But what I will say about what he said about Colt I think he wanted to say that for ages. He's kept quiet about it since 2014. And he's seen news. He's, the reason why he's switching, Max, is he's sitting down and he can see all these people in front of him That's chat shit about his situation about Colt I agree. I agree. You're chatting shit. You're making up stuff. You don't even know the situation between me and my bedroom, my ex-bedroom. So I'm going to tell you, innit? You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to tell you. I'm pissed off now. I'm going to tell you what the real is. So I I respect that. Secondly, Adam Page. Who the hell? I'm sorry. Who the hell was Hangman Page? I'm sorry. You ask anybody outside your indie mark territory who Adam Page is. Nobody knows who you are, blood. And you don't even have an issue on what I know and for what punk is letting people know, it seems like you don't even have an issue with punk. And yet you took it on yourself to disrespect my man on a promo. It's like you're taking on other people's issues and you feel like you want to you wanna come out and say, I, 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 I pity you. You're this, you're that. I can understand it if Paige and punk actually had issues. But I think punk was like, oh, wait, hold on. You're going to talk to me like this. I don't even know you like that. Me, you don't even have issues like that. You're gonna come at me like I'm like I've done something to you. Like so, he's like, you know what? Cool, whatever. Let it slide. Let the man punch him on the on the on-air team, beating for the title. Didn't say shit. And now he's like, you know what? I know he did say something a few dynamites ago about it, but he just thought, fuck it. I'm just gonna go on. I'm just. I, he's pissed off. He's like, I'm just gonna go on. I'm gonna go up. People are unprofessional, spreading rumors about me. The EVPs are saying this. I did this. I did that. And now, man, I'm, wanna I'm disrespect me? Fuck it. I'm just gonna let you guys know the real And that's what I like about punk. It's keeping it real. It's what people love about punk. He's been doing this for years. One thing I will say about punk, though, is he needs to understand that he was that guy. You know what I'm saying? He was a bit like that guy. But I felt like with that, he might have let people know he was going to say this and that. What do you think?
2: I I think that CM Punk is too old to be (laughs) wanting to be that guy. I think a 43-year-old man that has had these kind of issues everywhere he has been, ROH, WWE, shouldn't be here using a press conference that should be being used to talk about how quote-unquote great your pay-per-view was, being the top star. You, this isn't where you should be doing this. I, I am not saying CM Punk shouldn't air his grievances at all. He should He should be able to speak about what he doesn't like and stuff like that. Um, I agree with you with yourself that he's probably yeah he spotted a couple of these outlets right in front of him to have spread these stories and he's taken an opportunity to put it straight but I am not paying you two three four million a year for you to come and rip apart my company the night you have won my world title mm-hmm. you, this is where you think this is this is right
0: mm-hmm. <sighs>
2: I would, have, I would have literally, if this was Nigeria, I would just take him to one bush and flog <laughs> the hell out of him, bro. I would just break one stick from a tree and flog the hell because... I don't that, think you're wrong, by the way. Bro. Yeah, it's, it's I don't like, think you're wrong. I feel it, like... It was I,
0: not, I, I haven't even got to that
2: part. Like you're saying, what Hangman did or what the EVPs have done, I haven't even got to that part yet. I haven't even deeped it, because all now, this happened on Monday, and I still can't fathom the fact that this guy thought that this was the right time yeah. To come out and, and just drop drop This all here In the manner he did, not even like in a professional manner Like effing and blinding Eating and drinking and all of this st- Kind of stuff and disrespecting his seat The man that writes his checks He's just comfortably disrespecting right next to him He He's above, he's above Like he knows nothing's going to happen And that's probably the most the more scary Thing now and this is going to con- You know, this will probably make some type Of um, environment in AEW Where people think that I can I can get away with stuff now, like I'm I'm all, I'm okay. I might not be punk level, but I'm a I'm a big shot. Like I might be able to get away with this. Um, see, like TK needs to discipline him for this publicly.
0: I think TK needs to discipline quite a few people.
2: 100% but this guy is the first offender and he like I said he's the marquee guy in this company they pay him the most money he brings in the most money he, he sets the example when, oh, when you use football as an analogy when Aubameyang went rogue and went into business for himself Arteta got rid of him no but I think that's Punk's point I think Punk's point was I'm
0: the draw yeah I'm the draw I'm the guy that brings you the most money in here I'm the guy that got you the most box office and you've got EVPs you know what you're talking about Spreading lies and rumors to fit their narrative to, to so people could see Punk in this light. He's like, I haven't even done all the stuff they're saying, so I get why he's effing them blind in the Because if he actually hasn't got Coco fired, because it's, it's it's to me, this is how I see it, yeah. And this is another reason why I can I understand what Punk's saying. Because if you want to talk about unprofessionalism, you're looking at the guy who's paid the main guy that's come in, that's the reason why AW is kind of on the map, yeah. But I still want it to be the kick-out club, mm. right? So to say we've got the kick-out, oh, guys, Max, Scan, Ace, I'm gonna start my own wrestling business, yeah? And us, man, are gonna rule the roost, yeah? But in order to get money, shit, fuck. I'm gonna need a Narfi in it for wrestling. I'm gonna need him because it's the biggest draw. I'm gonna, I, need, I need to get a Narfi. I get a Narfi in now, but I'm hating that nafi's here. Oh, nafi's here. Oh shit, he's still in the spotlight. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I think a if We tried to get Max fired,
2: Jenna, but it's not even true. Like, uh, you get what I'm saying? I like, definitely hear what you're saying, but again, this is all alleged stuff. We don't know if the if the EVP's done this. Um, I
0: believe it. <laughs> you, know, you can believe it if you want. That, we don't know. Like, like I said, you know for me, I, I, all that bullet club by posse.
1: Like, like <laughs> you know what though? You know what though? And and this, I don't know if you guys ever watched Being the Elite. They mm-hmm. take little subtle shots, man. They're yeah, all, always the shots. Yeah. all the time.
0: All the time. That's how Cody was like, now nah, fuck this, man. I'm gone, man. Fuck y'all,
2: man. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I've even got to the part of thinking and I don't think that, you know, even we've heard backstage what happened that the young Bucks and Kenny um, went straight to Punk's dressing room after he came out of the junket. Yeah, now, yeah, again, yeah. if I'm talking about, yeah, a fight happened, but if, even if I, I, I'm going to sit on my bandwagon and I'm going to talk about professionalism, that's not the right thing to do the evps know that man is heated he's just come out of a media thing and now you're going to go and you know question it's him immediately you. yeah it's yeah you. You, you don't do that and you've went as a three yeah. punk may have been alone punk may have only had um a still by his side who knows but outnumbered him like
0: fucking chairs and
2: shit a, a still needs to get fired and and they need to <laughs> call the police on him
0: it's so
2: bad they said a still threw a chair at, at nick jackson and knocked him out and um um he bit kenny omega this guy, is, he's a rabid rat. He needs to be put behind bars. He needs to be... This is assault, bruv. Imagine your, your producer bites you at work. What's going on?
1: Mm.
2: Like, no, nah, the, the whole thing's out of control. And and the elite or the EVPs are definitely not faultless. But I just think what CM Punk done was just a... It's a crime. Like, this guy's brought you back into wrestling. He pays you the money. He pays you. You're, you've literally just won his world title. And you thought this was the time to do this. That's, that's a criminal offence, man. He needs to be bagged. I'm sorry. They need to make well, an example. Like- I'm
0: hoping they can squash their differences and really get together and capitalise on all this misfortune that's happened at EW and make it to a great storyline, a well-thought-out, planned storyline because it will draw Kenny, Punk in the ring with anyone of the box, and Kenny and even Hangman, because Hangman's in the, in the mix, will draw... Huge money now. He's going to draw money anyway. He's going to draw even more money now after all this stuff has been going on. They need, to, they need to squash it. They need to put it together. If they really want to, you know, all the hard work they've done at AEW, they want to, they want to un, don't undo any of that. If they want to keep pushing on and pushing AEW to be the force that it is, this could be a good time to take all this negativity and make it into something. But will they? That's the question.
1: I, f- I think the egos are too big, man. Um, and that's the, the the society that we're in right now, you know. Do you think it's looking like WCW two with the Hogan and Bischoff NWO situation? It's looking real, WCW. You know, it, it, yeah, if you let if you're letting the rule the if you're letting the wrestlers rule the rules,
0: it's always gonna be it's always gonna fall apart. Because it will never work. You need to have stern Khan needs to hire some Khan needs to be hard on his people and he needs to hire some more staff that's gonna not that's gonna protect Khan in these situations.
2: I mean we've seen fallouts even with Cody they said Cody lost his creative power and to to Tony Khan because Tony Khan just wanted to manage it all and the minute Cody's contract came up he thought well that's it then I'm gone like so this is always going to happen especially where these guys are active wrestlers at the same time if they don't like how they're being booked they don't like how things are going then yeah um, like I said the the, the elite are not faultless in this Um, but I, I I really can't understand like CM Punk they should even maybe they'll do a statement and they take the title off him or something I don't know I can't see Tony Khan coming out on Dynamite and doing a segment where you know he's taking the title of CM Punk without that going tits up as well so yeah, yeah I don't yeah, know do but... a live mic. or not? They, they'll probably advertise the segment to get people to watch AEW by saying CM Punk is opening the show with a live mic they'll probably say something like that um but, I mean, I'm talking about... What do you guys think?
1: Should, should CM Punk suffer any discipline from this? I, I think so. There definitely has to be repercussions. But it's, like you said, man, I think both parties are at fault. You know, the Bucks ain't been professional. I, in fact, a question I'd even ask you, like, in all honesty, do you think they should still be EVPs of the company that big with no prior experience? Exactly. <sighs>
2: I mean, yeah, one could argue, should they be EVPs in the first place? They could have the, they can have the seed of starting a company and they've obviously got Tony Khan to almost fund it. Um, pff, what does it mean? What does it, what does being an EVP really mean? Cause we've, we've already seen one leave and go and work for the opposition. So EVP, what, like, is this just a title to just have put in your bio? Like what, what are they really doing and what differences can they really make? Because, Cody just made that thing just sound like a regular thing because he's not an EVP anymore he works at WWE so it's weird man it's one weird. thing
0: I loved is when the, later on in the press junkie they were asking Connor about uh, Crockett Jim Crockett he goes like, I feel like I feel like my company's like Jim Crockett because you know WWE do doing all these tactics to stop us and I am pissed And he's
2: like, Con- <laughs> like I am fucking pissed <laughs>
0: And
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what I mean i talk about professionalism <laughs> you expect your boss to be doing like what is going I, on I love this shit bro. I love this no, it, I love it because it gives us this reminds me
0: of 90s wrestling but it was all chaos and craziness
2: I with, agree. Bringing
0: it back, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm
2: loving it. I agree. I, I do like the madness, but like ultimately, even then, you know, there was repercussions. Like even if it was someone else getting beaten up backstage yeah. from it or something. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. The, the guy just has to I just I like AEW too much and I think the addition of AEW to the wrestling sphere in recent years it's 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 helped, you know, everyone's trying to make a better product. So ultimately, we don't want to lose AEW. Especially to something like this, the way we lost WCW, um, and then obviously WWE just monopolized the thing. So I agree. even Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, when he had his his one, I think Chris Jericho was about maybe forty minutes later. Um, obviously Tony Khan was sitting there the entire time. Chris Jericho, I don't know if you caught it right at the end of his totally thing really. when he was yeah when he was shaking um, Tony's hand and stuff. He whispered into his ears and the microphone caught it. And, like shits popping backstage, but like don't worry, it's done. <laughs> so yeah listen man um, it's crazy
0: I feel like Fox and Punk and because there was a nice video somebody shared about how fan engagement was asking "Oh, would you love seeing Punk to join AEW this is before they were starting up the company
2: oh yeah. when they were in Japan still yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, love it. yeah I think
0: they need to have a sit down they need to have a proper chat they need to sort it out work out the differences no man, it's, I don't know if they can, if it, it could be repaired. I'm not sure. I really hope it does.
2: I saw one source today say that if Ace still is told to leave because of his actions in the fight backstage, that it's very likely CM Punk goes as well um, because that's his trainer and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, I stick by what I said. At the very minimum, if he's not going to leave, someone needs to call police for a still, Because there's no way you could be hitting talents backstage with, with chairs and biting them. There is no way on earth. I'm not going to work to get bitten. Like, this ain't a wrestler that I'm fighting. So uh, he needs to be in trouble. So we'll see if, if CM Punk in, is happy that his mate gets disciplined and how that all happens. But I think... Something needs to happen on dynamite to, to dynamite kind of, tomorrow, yeah. Some, something needs to happen to kind of you know address this in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah,
0: well, thank you both for joining me tonight. It's been a very, very uh interesting episode of the Kick Cow. We have so much to talk about. It shows in the time duration in this episode. We've ever extended it to this long and such a long time. So, thank you for your time. Thank you both for joining me today. Please plug away your socials for anybody that loved what you said today. And they can follow you for more of your wrestling love.
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, scandus you can follow me on all platforms at S-K-A-N-D-O-U-Z. My um, group Fresh has literally just dropped to EP. So check that out. Glass, the glass Ceilings. The Glass Ceilings. Digital platforms. And that's <laughs> F-R-H-R-Z. Yeah, man. Come Come so big up Skillet. Big up Mex. Yeah, man. Much love, everybody.
2: Um, yeah, Mex WrestleManiac UK on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, yeah, that's all. All my, all my stuff is. Can great. I just, can I just at,
0: share one thing before we roll up? Yeah. It was from. Uh, I think I, I put this in the group chat earlier. Uh, it was from an, an interview with <laughs> Jericho and Cody Rhodes on Jericho's boat. <laughs> Okay you know, you, know, you know those boat Those boat wrestling parties
2: Yeah okay. yeah yeah
0: Talk yeah. about CM Punk trying to be the locker room leader in 2012. remember this weird uh, Cody We had this weird locker room meeting WWE
2: once Where uh, CM Punk said that Do you remember that? So I tried I not that. I tried not to I remember this it.
0: Was a, there was one meeting where Booker T was in the room, and Punk
1: hit the uh, as the locker room leader, I'm telling you guys all to pick up your trash. And Booker literally
0: threw his trash on the floor and he said, "He's not telling me to pick up my trash, man." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I love that shit,
2: man. I love it. Uh, one, one thing I will just add, um, <laughs> from a lot of these that reporters and outlets, they have said in recent weeks, because I think it was two weeks ago where they had some mandatory meeting in AEW, they said that Jericho in the last kind of three months has really stepped up as a leader when all of this madness has been happening. Um so yeah, big up. He's, right,
0: he's the rightful leader, let's be yes, honest. Yes, he's yes, he's the locker room leader of that whole damn operation, you know what
1: I mean. <laughs>
2: And rightfully so. And
0: he will sort motherfuckers out.
1: So, yeah.
0: Let's see how it goes, man. Listen, guys, love you both. It's Skillet World, SKIWLIT World. Follow us at the Kickout Podcast at the Kickout Podcast each week, every week. We've got some more content coming up, more interviews coming up. Stay tuned for more Kickout coming soon.